Hey, 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 listeners, welcome back. I hope that you had a fantastic week and that you have been enjoying episode one with Mansi and of course, episode two with Katie. They're both fabulous individuals who are making their mark in their neck of the woods. This week, I have two episodes for you that's going to drop. So hang on to your sits. Stay tuned to this style. The question for today is, how do you get into tech? Do you believe that you need to have mathematics to succeed in the tech field? Well, let me tell you. In fact, Astrid's going to tell you. She's got a liberal arts background, and she's going to share with you her story and how she got into tech. So really, our question for today And I will repeat, do you need mathematics to succeed in the tech field? As March is finally here, an International Women's Day is around the corner. I just want to wish all the women out there a happy International Women's Day. And to the men who are part of the community as well, thank you so much for your support for now and to posterity. In today's episode, I am delighted to have Astrid Whelan bringing in from Vienna, Australia. Now, I recorded this interview back in 2021 for the Techno Startup Podcast, and I've decided to republish here on this podcast because there are so many valuable nuggets that I think you would enjoy. Astrid works at Microsoft currently in the small and medium business sales team. In this episode, we talked about how she accidentally landed in the information technology field after studying business and how she successfully developed IT Girl and Woman in Tech, which is an international organization. Astrid is on a mission to inspire people like her, women, who have their eyes set on the tech world to get in. So, listeners, I invite you to listen because some of the advice that she's given is not just for the tech field. It can be used in other industry. Okay? So, without any further ado, I'm not going to dilly-dally. We're going to get straight into the interview. But first, I just want to ask you to hit that subscribe button. Yes, go ahead, hit it. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts, hit that follow button because you don't want to miss an episode. And I want you to be part of our community. Yes? Now... Let's get into it. Welcome, Astrid. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. 
Well, you know, I know that you have so many golden nuggets that you're going to share with our audience just based on, you know, your experience in the corporate world, as well as everything you're doing to be of service to the IT community, especially when it comes to women and girls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so let's give our listeners um, some of your backstory. You know, how did Astrid become the woman that she is today? Well, actually, um, uh, my intention was never to end up in IT. In fact, um, I was very passionate about um, languages and actually followed my passion there. I was studying abroad um, and focusing on my studies in economics. And only by accident, I landed in the IT world and am now there since many years. <laughs> I love this accidental entry into industries, right? Because you just never know where your career and life journey takes you. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your career pivots, you know, when you can start as far back as, you know, university or high school. Yeah, so actually, um, as I mentioned, my intention was never to end up in IT or in a tech career. Um, since I was a child, I was very interested in languages and wanted to see the world and travel. And I actually um, did my education based on this passion. So I switched schools to have more foreign languages that I could study. I studied and lived abroad. And also my studies in international business were actually chosen because it was the study where I had the most foreign languages. So my entire studies were in English and I was also studying French and Russian next to it. I was um, living in France and in Sweden. And actually when I was um, looking for an internship during my bachelor studies at first, <laughs> instead of looking for a company that I would be interested in, I set myself the goal, I want to go to Sweden because I've never been there. I thought that the country must be so beautiful. I wanted to learn the language. So actually I was looking for companies in Sweden where I could do my internship. So companies that are internationally um, because obviously I didn't speak Swedish. Um, and Already back then, I ended up at a small IT company in marketing and sales for the German-speaking markets. And, well, you know, I didn't really know a lot about IT. I mean, of course, I had a laptop at home and, you know, those basic things. But we actually sold um, CRM programs, um, so customer relationship management programs to customers. And... I had no idea about that back then. And after six months, when I finished my internship, I soon forgot about it again. So it, it wasn't that back then I knew now I want to do an IT career. No, it was more an interesting experience in marketing and sales. But somehow IT 
found me again during my master's studies when I was looking for my internship there and by accident ended up at Microsoft where I'm currently working as business application specialist now. Well, that's excellent. I, I love how you explain that journey, you know, um, doing work with, with CRM, because that's, of course, the back office stuff, the integral data analytics, you know, anyone needs, you know, when they're doing um, pure sales and business development. And um, so, you know, you ended up with your journey in Microsoft. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey in terms of, you know, how do you use technology for good within a big corporate setting like this? What I love about working at Microsoft is that our mission is to empower every person and every organization on the planet to achieve more. And it may sound a bit I don't know, interesting um, for a tech company to actually have such a mis mission statement. But we created this mission statement long before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, it just made so much more sense, you know, even more sense than before because it was that moment where um, we and I personally in my job could show my customers that we really care about them and that with our technology, we can actually enable them to still follow their goals and achieve their, their goals while being maybe, yeah, somehow hit by the pandemic, not being able to work from their offices, maybe. A lot of production sites needed to close. I had one customer where um, they were um, producing food and they were so afraid that um, COVID would hit them at the company and they would not be able to produce food for the Austrian market anymore. So we enabled them with our technology to make sure that even if cases appeared, they would still be able to fulfill their personal company goals. And I think for me, it was really beautiful to see what technology can do as a tool for others to achieve their goals and not as the goal per se, you know? So you're talking about the back office process in terms of the business application that the companies use to stay on task? Yeah, I mean, many different things. So um, one is, of course, where do I have my data and how can I make sure that everyone can access the data no matter where they are working? Other things were um, simple things like video meetings or online meetings. I mean, so many um, companies were not ready yet for a complete remote office. Um, I think we all experienced that and it is different. I mean, even for us where we were always used to do home office and so on, it's just something different if you're at home 24 seven. Um, so, so many different um, opportunities I think where we could support, but yeah, having, a good few of your customers and also having your business processes laid out in a way that 
you can easily access and everyone at the company, no matter where they are sitting, always knows what is happening at your customers. I think this is definitely key for success in the long run. All right, that's awesome. So when we're talking about remote culture, right, you're used to it um, in the sense that you've worked remote for several years, you know, companies who, you know, are adapting, you know, in terms of creating more connectedness around teams, you know, how can they achieve that? One thing that even we have learned um, during the past year is that communication is key. When you are in the office, um, a lot of things happen in an informal way. You meet a colleague, you quickly exchange on something, um, and a lot of things happen that way. But when everyone is sitting at home, I think being transparent as a team lead, but also as a team member is even more important. Um, and studies show the hybrid work will stay. So we will never completely go back to the office. So I think one key takeaway from me is to really enable your team to have this informal communication, even in a remote working area. So either create a morning standup um, that everyone in the team knows who is doing what this day. Or um, we, for example, created weekly coffee meetings where we just had like nothing business related, but just a virtual coffee where you would chat just like you would do when you would be in the office and create these spaces for people to make sure that they stay connected and also they feel still being part of a bigger company and a bigger goal. I think this, this is really important. What are some of the trends that you're seeing now, you know, with the quicker adoption of technology? I think a lot of customers finally saw that <laughs> technology can really help them and can solve their issues in the future. So many discussions um, that we had over the past years were just redundant because suddenly there was the situation where they couldn't go to the office and suddenly they needed to find a way of how to, to work from home and how to enable their employees. So I think this um, reactive way of looking at things has really changed and people are getting more and more into this proactiveness. They want to be, be prepared. They want to proactively think, okay, what could happen next? How can I enable my employees to be productive even if they work at home? How can I also um, make sure they find a good balance between work and private life, even if they are working from home? How can I um, ensure that this always on culture that many of us are living still gives them enough freedom to also have a private life? And I think um, one step that we can take is to have goals, a goal-based um, company targets. So what I mean by that is that, for example, at Microsoft, um, 
my manager isn't asking me every day what I'm doing because we have um, created and agreed on certain targets that I need to achieve. And on a regular basis, we're checking in where I am based on these targets, um, if I need help in some of these targets um, to achieve them, if there are other things or other people that can maybe help me. So what we are doing is we create these annual goals um, with the company, then we have um, quarterly uh, check-ins, official check-ins with our manager, and we have weekly or bi-weekly one-on-ones with our manager where we can discuss if we need help somewhere. And I think that in the future, this is much more effective than just saying to a person, well, you have to be here for eight hours a day because it doesn't matter. And if I need six hours a day and other days, maybe seven or eight or nine, that's perfectly fine because I know where I'm working towards. And um, I think this also gives the people personally more flexibility to do the work the way they feel comfortable with and they are actually more productive. I like that, you know, having um, targets, whether that's annual, as you said, and having those regular check-ins and, um, you know, micromanagement, you know, it's never good, uh, you know, um, because people need to feel empowered and be creative within their workplace, right? So um, that's, that's a great example that, um, that you've provided there with what your organization is doing. <laughs> All right, let's uh, change things up a bit and, you know, get into some of the service oriented things that you're doing, um, Astrid, you know, I know that you are involved in building women in information technology, women and girls. So tell us a little bit about that journey and, and how you got started along that path. Yes, um, so I joined the IT world in 2014, so quite some time ago. And to be honest, many times in meetings, at events, in panel discussions, I was the only woman. I'm not sure, like, if you're listening and you're also in IT, I guess you know um, this situation where you're entering a room and there are only men. And I was wondering back then, like, where are all the women in IT? And actually was looking for a network that I could join to exchange with other women in the IT industry. And I talked to a colleague from a partner organization and asked her if she knew if there were any networks. And she said, not really, but if I want to create one, then she would be in. <laughs> so um, this was the kickoff moment for um, the new IT girls, um, our community that we founded together to connect and support women in the IT industry across job titles. And I think this is really important because 
there are already a lot of good networks for specific areas in the IT world, like women in AI, for example, or women uh, in coding. But we couldn't really find a network that is connecting the entire opportunity in the IT industry. So our goal with the new IT girls is to one, um, show the diversity of this industry and also make a societal and economic impact to change the image of women in IT and to show the vast amount of possibilities in the IT because you don't have to be a coder to go to IT or you don't have to be super technical. You don't have to always have loved math and um, therefore be in IT. I, for example, hated math my entire life. So I think no one would have thought that this is the logical path for me. But with the change of IT and, and also digitalization and digitalization being part of every single job nowadays that is created, I think there are so many possibilities for women to enter this field and, and be successful in it. Because if we foster a diverse environment, uh, we can be much more creative, we can actually be more successful in terms of profit and also idea creation. And I think if we inspire more women to take the leap and follow a career in IT, we can actually all benefit from solutions that would better fit our needs as well in the future. I love it. I love that you united the group across all of the potential job titles within the IT industry to show that, you know, that that vast area. Right. And you talk about, you know, changing the image of women in IT. So how is how is the image the before and, you know, your intended um message that you want to convey yeah i think at the moment um a lot of women and girls are not even considering going into it because they have a certain image in their head um of maybe um i don't know a guy sitting in his um office it's dark or pizzas everywhere and he's just <laughs> looking and staring into his computer all day long <laughs> and also i think from a skills perspective um many people uh female or male are still considering um and connecting it with certain skills that they would need but in fact i think that um also, when we look at the, the World Economic Forum, every year they're naming top 10 skills that will be needed in the next years. And if you have a look at them at the moment, um, first of all, there is um, technology use and technology design in it. So as you can see, it will be part of every job. But there are also a lot of, a lot of other interesting skills that 
are needed and where maybe women find themselves more than in, in this typical technology part, for example, um, complex problem solving or critical thinking, creativity, leadership, resilience. Those are all among the top 10 skills for 2025. So I think if we manage to show more people that everyone can bring something to the table and especially by having different people with different backgrounds at the table, we will actually create more and better solution. It might take away this yeah, fear of women maybe to enter the workforce. And another point I think is that um, if you can see it, you can believe it. Um, and many girls, or young women who are considering maybe going into IT might feel that they would be the only one. And with the new IT girls and also other networks, I think showing role models and showing um, that there are already others who did this journey and with whom you can change actually can also change this image and take away the, the fear so that more and more women actually want to enter IT as a as an industry. Yeah, I love that, you know, you mentioned the World Economic Forum, you know, some of the skills that, you know, they um, mentioned that's needed, right? And those soft skills, those leadership skills, the creativity skills, the resilience skills, you know, which are really natural to a lot of women. Yes. <laughs> and, I also love that you say you, you don't need to, you know, be a math person, right? A person who loves mathematics to be involved in IT. And I think more people need to hear that message, you know, because as you said, there are so many applications in working within an organization, an IT firm, you know, take for instance, your organization, which is a huge organization, and there are so many different components in, in terms of departments that are doing certain things, whether it's the sales and marketing department or the operations department or you name it. Absolutely. <laughs> you tell me. You tell me. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, um, I think that a lot of tasks um, and different job titles actually involve so many different skills where um, women might feel more comfortable to bring them in. So almost all of our projects or customer projects are having a project lead, for example, who has to has, um, have these organizational skills, bring in the right resources at the right time, know and understand what the customer needs. Um, me personally, for example, I'm in, in sales, solution sales, and it took me quite some time to understand that my ability to translate what the customer needs into how our technology can solve that is such a strength because there are people who are very good with the technology, but they just don't understand the customer language. And with my background in economics, I'm actually able to, to bridge those two worlds. And I, it really took me very long to understand that this is so important. So I think, um, 
this is something, for example, um, where you don't necessarily need a lot of technological background. I mean, you have to understand the technology, you have to understand what it does, but it's more important to actually speak the customer language and, and be able to solve their business issues instead of just trying to sell an IT solution. I love it. I love what you just said. Listeners, be the bridge, right? Just rewind that and take it in again. <laughs> oh, so um, is the new IT Girl original group or can anyone in IT join from anywhere? <laughs> we are so happy about every woman who wants to join us. Um, we are based in Austria. And um, I have to say in that regard, actually, the pandemic helped us to even grow because nowadays we're having all our meetups virtually, some of them in German, some of them in English. So every, anyone can join there for free. So all you have to do is register via meetup and join us and that's it. And there are so many international women. We had women from India joining us, which was so cool to see that somehow you hit the nerve, you know, at uh, other people and you actually fulfill the need that was there to, yeah, connect people, connect women and, and really show that we can all encourage each other and be there for each other and maybe be this final push, you know, if you're afraid of doing something, maybe you just need one woman telling you, you can do it and then you will be ready. And I mean, if we can be that woman for someone else, I think it's beautiful. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. That's awesome. So, you know, if our listeners wanted to connect with the group, you know, how do they do that? I think the easiest way is via LinkedIn. So our official name is hashtag the new IT girls. Just type it in or type it in your browser and I'm sure you will find it. Um, also, of course, via myself on LinkedIn, um, feel free to connect and I'm happy to send you all the links. So now let's move on to, you know, with the work that you've been doing, right? You've had people who've touched your life. Can you think of one person who's been pivotal in your career journey who has helped to change that trajectory in some way? It's maybe not someone famous, but one person who definitely influenced my career path was um, a woman at my company because um, as I mentioned before if you can see it you can believe it and she was somehow this role model for me um, where I thought okay if she did it then I can do it as well and um, she was also kind of a sponsor for me so I think if you have and find one person who believes in you and sees something that maybe you don't even see yourself yet. Um, this really was a change, game changer for me because especially if you start your career, sometimes 
you think uh, I'm not ready for that yet, or, or I still have to learn something else. But then there is this one person who tells you, you know, Astrid, I will put you on this project. And then you grow while doing it and you can actually see, okay, I do already have the skills to, to achieve it. And I think such a person is invaluable. Absolutely. Having that person in the workplace who believes in you, believes in your ability, gives you the stretch assignments. That's so important. That's awesome that you've had that um, in your journey. And uh, what would you say is your superpower? I think my superpower is really to create this connection between different people. So um, I'm very positive person. Um, people call me sunshine because I'm always the one bringing harmony. And um, I think centering people and motivating people to achieve a common goal um, I guess that's my superpower. I love that you say you bring in harmony, right? So let's get into the rapid fire questions, you know. How do you set the tune for your day? Put a pep in your step and a pride in your stride, Astrid? Uh, I started to get up at 6 a.m. every morning um, this year and to really use the first hour of the day just for myself. I'm drinking my coffee and then I'm usually doing something for my personal or career development, be it learning something new, reading a book or so. And then due to the fact that we're still in home office and I do not have to travel to work, I actually spend an hour doing yoga and meditation every morning. And this is just such a nice start into the day because then it's usually 8.30 and you have already done two hours just for yourself. So whatever happens that day, you know, you already took care of the most important thing in your life, which is yourself. And I think that's for me, the perfect start into the day. I love that you said that you've already started caring for the most important person in your life. I love it. <laughs> and we know how music helped to change our vibe and our vibration, our energy. You know, what music do you have on your audio player? In the morning, I usually love something motivational that brings me in a good mood. So um, also during yoga, uh, we usually dance to a song just for five minutes, because even if you don't feel like it and you're like really tired, just do it, you know, just turn on your favorite music and dance for three or five minutes and it will completely change your day. Um, so for example, currently we always were listening to um, the song Brighter Than the Sun from Colby Calais. It's It just brings you in a good mood, I think. And then uh, while actually working I usually listen to something more classical or calm like um, I I can't really concentrate if there are lyrics while while working because then I would always sing along in my head <laughs> and I think for for just I don't know different moods um, I love musicals and Disney songs <laughs> 
<laughs> all right that's cool well i love a lot of disney movies myself <laughs> you know having two young kids in a ten, it's mandatory <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my goodness um i love that you said you like brighter than the sun i will check out that song brighter than the sun <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've listened to it yet. So that'll be one I'll add to my playlist. Cool. Happy about it. <laughs> All right. So also, you know, I, we do a lot of things to feed our mind, right? So what book do you have you can recommend to our audience, you know, that has really impacted um, you in your life, whether that's a business, leadership book, or any other book you wanted to share? I think one book that I recently um, read and which was somehow shocking for me was Invisible Women by Carolyn Creator Paris. It's about how women are simply forgotten so many times when it comes to development of new products or services it goes from anything like your phone that is too big for your hand or that women can rarely reach the hand luggage in airplanes to things that are more life-threatening like car safety that is still based on a fictional male person or um, also medicine where since so many years we're discussing that it needs to be gender specific. Um, and I think this was really eye-opening for me. Another book that I really liked was um, Lean In from Sheryl Sandberg, um, because she talks about how it is to be a successful woman in business and how you should take this seat at the table and that you're allowed to take it and you should even you're even obliged to take it you know to make a difference and I think this was also really good and from a fictional perspective the two books that I read um, recently were from Margaret Atwood um, The Handmaid's Tale and The Testaments um, those were just yeah really really good i think <laughs> all right so do you read um paperback or online i actually still read paperback books it's i try to read online but i it's not for me somehow i don't know <laughs> i love the smell and how uh, of books and how they feel and i love how they look in the shelf and everything so i'm just a paperback person <laughs> <laughs> that's cool that's cool um i've found that you know i've ventured into audio given the limited amount of time you know managing um work and the household so but i love that you love um paperback books because i'm definitely gonna get back to those once i get a bit more time back and it's really carving out that time right and um, time management which is so important right now to take care Absolutely. of ourselves <laughs> yeah so we've talked quite a bit and i really enjoyed our conversation but we really have to wind this up but i do hope to have you back again 
in the future to tell us a little bit more about your progress of building up, you know, the new IT girls group and, um, you know, whatever trends that you're seeing in the industry. I would love to come back and to have another conversation with you, Arinya. It was really nice. If there is one last few words of wisdom you want to give our listeners here, you know, what would it be? Um, I think throughout your career, there will be times where you have the feeling that everyone in the room knows more and has more experience than you do. And the one advice that I would like to give to you is to remember that every single person has something to bring to the table. And it might be exactly your different and new perspective that can actually make the difference. So always remember that your strengths and your personal experiences can make the difference. You heard it here, folks, a serious golden nugget as you listen to this episode, rewind and listen to this again. Your perspective matters. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much once again, Astrid. Thank you for having me. It was real pleasure. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Listeners, was this an awesome episode or what? If you love this episode, please hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. You can even go one step further, rate and review the podcast. Let me know what you think of this particular episode. And also, share it with a friend. Yes, you've got that friend who needs this. Share it with them. Right now, I'm taking in guests on a rolling basis. So if you are a dynamic leader, a dynamic entrepreneur who are making an impact in your neck of the woods, I would love to hear from you. We are 46 episodes in, and I have guests from all over the world, Canada, United States, Europe, in there, the Caribbean, and much, much more. So definitely send me a note if you want to come on on the podcast to share your story. After all, we're all humans. And as humans, we inspire each other to grow and to build ourselves up. And it's only you and I who can do that. And when I say you, the collective you, because I'm not the only podcast out there who is spreading good information to help individuals elevate in their business, in their career. Right, right? So, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you. I appreciate your feedback. And I hope that you get revived in your current adventure as well for some of you who are thinking of the next adventure. I hope that you're motivated for this in 
2023. I am your host, Irene Roussel, and this is Live with Irene Stories. Thank you.